0: Welcome to Headshots by Peggy Presents, a weekly podcast designed to encourage, inspire, and educate people in the industry. Our host, Peggy, is the most industry-savvy headshot photographer I know. She shares insights and interviews top industry professionals. New episodes every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific time. Headshots by Peggy Presents, Camera Tips for Actors with John Swanbeck, and I'm Peggy, and we are gonna have a great time today. Hey, John.
1: Hello, Peggy. How are you?
0: Good. How have you been?
1: Okay. Now tell me, when you make a, you know, you did, a, you did the intro a couple of times, and you might be editing it, I don't know, but um, do you leave in flubs along the way? If there's a flub, do you ever leave it in?
0: I do, unless I decide it's a really bad flub, um, or if it's something that we say something and we're like, you know, we probably shouldn't say that publicly, then I'll, I'll take that out. I have
1: very good radar for whether I'm saying something I should or should not say. But otherwise, I think flubs should stay in.
0: I think flubs make it um, easier to watch because they understand that we're just having a conversation. It's not scripted. It's just we're talking and that's how humans talk. And I think it's also a good example of being real on camera because that's how people talk to people.
1: Yeah, I think it's a good, you're right, it's a good example. I th- I tell actors all the time, you know, don't be so caught up on making a flub in an audition. There's no way if you get the character right or you get everything right that they're going to say, they got that one line wrong, just can't hire them. Now, if you yeah, obviously, basically. if they make up, you know, the whole thing and they're just going off script and they're doing whatever they want, that's a different story. But they get so caught up in being perfect that they tend to kind of, lock themselves into this state of like I have to be perfect. And it can counter, it can be counterproductive.
0: And they forget that when people talk, they don't stare you in the eye. They just talk and they, you know, they look up, they think, they, they, they lose their words. They, act, you know, they have those little things like this where you're thinking and talking at the same time. And I think that's what makes things look real. Now, I was a stutterer as a child, um, and I still stutter sometimes, but it's not as noticeable to other people because I have pretty good coping mechanisms, I believe. But when I get really excited or really flustered, I'll, I'll stutter. And sometimes I edit out, like, if I say the same word, like, 15 times, I'll like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take that out.
1: <laughs> um, James Earl Jones, he's, he's a big stutterer. He stutters in life. The only time he doesn't stutter is when he's acting. Really? Isn't that interesting? He's a big stutter. I
0: think you use a different part of your brain, maybe.
1: Maybe. It's very interesting.
0: Because I've heard that people that stutter often don't stutter when they sing. Like, I know, there was this guy on Hee Haw. Now I'm telling you how old I really am. that he was a big stutter but he had this beautiful singing voice and he of course never stuttered while he sang. It's interesting.
1: Interesting. The other thing that singing is good for is working on uh, getting rid of a regional accent that's getting in your way. Like I grew up with a very like really extreme Boston accent to to the point where people couldn't understand me. When I talked they were like we don't even understand what you're saying and so I knew I had a problem this was uh a a while ago and um so I listened to British songs on the radio and radio there you go and um and would sing them out loud and I would mimic what they were doing with the words because I realized British singers don't sound British when they sing right they sound American um and so I lost my accent after like a summer of singing British songs out loud to my, you know, out loud. Um, and I lost my, my severe Boston accent to the point now where I couldn't do it again if I wanted to. I mean, I can say what everybody can say, you know, right? but I
0: can't,
1: I, I couldn't carry on a conversation with a Boston accent. Wow. And That's
0: really Interesting. I didn't know that that's uh, and those are things that people really struggle with whether it's a you know southern yeah. accent or you know there are certain accents that are so overpowering that you can't play a different character because the accent is so overpowering and those are things that people need to think about when they're you know auditioning or submitting for things is who do you sound like what do you look like what are you going to fit into and if you don't want to just fit into those roles, then you need to go to a voice class. You need to figure out, like you did, on your own, how you can change these different things and uh, adapt. I know uh, Merrick's auditioned for things where he's needed different accents, so he's either gone to a, you know, a voice specialist or done YouTube, you know, to, to actually get an accent. Um, so it's, it's, it's a... Acting is not just uh, memorizing lines and presenting them to the camera. It's very much
1: deeper. The thing I tell actors about accents is, and this is just my way of thinking. It's, I'm not saying this is the way you, you know, everybody. I just think it's my way of thinking, which is if you need to learn an accent, first learn the sensibility of the region before you try to like get the accent perfect. Because otherwise you're going to sound like someone trying to do a perfect accent. And I'll just give a demonstration because I don't think I've ever demonstrated here on the show um, on your your blog. Um, So, like for instance, if I want to do a southern accent, and I, I don't know how to do a southern accent, I've never been trained in a southern accent, but if I just get the sensibility of a southern accent, I can do enough of it to sound believable, right? And so then you can then listen and go, okay, his Rs need to be worked on or his M's need to be worked on, or he says this. But I always say, start with the sensibility first so that you don't sound like someone trying to do an accent. Um, especially after you have to do one quickly. So that's my thing, sensibility first and then specifics later.
0: So when you say sensibility, like go deeper into that. What do you mean by that when you say?
1: Well, that's a good question because it also applies not only to accents, but it applies to characters and sensibility is, um, it's the world, it's a way of expressing yourself and feeling and thinking and it's just, do you fit in the world or not? That's actually a really good question because if you're working on the genre of a, a piece of material, you work on the sensibility of the horror film or the sensibility of the drama versus a lot of actors don't think about creating the genre. But um, yeah, it's about, the, it's about how one expresses oneself. Uh, you know, being part of the world and how you express yourself, and it's more like a flavor. Um, It's very interesting. It's very interesting.
0: It is very interesting. So you've been posting some pretty cool uh, things in your Instagram lately. Is there any quote that you want to talk about today? Any of your favorite ones?
1: I've also made the leap from words to visuals. I saw that. Or words to memes, um, and that's kind of fun, and people are responding on a level they haven't before, which is great. But I think the um, the, the the messages are still coming through, which is great. Um, let's see, what did I publish just in the past few days? I published um, I published this last night. Um, deliver your lines as if they mean nothing and on camera your lines will mean more it's just the way the camera thinks obviously as you know it's a reverse of what one might think it's sort of counterintuitive you know the um the bigger you play something the smaller you are the smaller you play something the bigger you are it's just the way the camera works and actors tend to not Keep that in mind because I, I was talking to someone on instagram today who was responding to this quote that i just told you about and he was you know sharing his experience and then wanting to come by uh my online cinematic experience and and sort of just come in as my guest for a day which i let people do and i said to him he, he, he said so here's what i took of your your, your quote is this right and i said um, uh, sort of not really, here's what it really means. And I explained to him and he said, oh, that's really interesting. I never thought about that because I always think of, when I approach a scene, I think of intention and, you know, objective and all these things, which are important, I understand it's important, but he he wasn't thinking about the camera. He's just thinking about the actor's process. That's, and he was doing a really good job of it, but he wasn't thinking about the camera, which can, can wreak havoc on the actor's process. I mean, it really can, or it can make the actor's process just a magical thing on camera. So I published that. Published that last night. Deliver your lines as if they mean nothing, and on camera, your lines will mean more. And um, it's just it's just the way most scenes are are expressed on camera. Um, it re- it it if if you're if you're if you're if you're expressing lines the way you're taught to. Um, for theater or for acting class, it'll sound like you're overacting. It'll sound like you're pushing. It'll sound like you're overacting. And it doesn't make sense to an actor because they're not taught that. And they're thinking, are you kidding me? How can I do that with my lines? My lines, I've been told to be very expressive and to, and to make them very important and to, and to do all these things, which on camera sounds like an actor acting. It just does. And there's no getting around it. It's not as though the camera or the audience are going to say, oh, but they're so good at the process, let's forgive them. They're just gonna go, that's crazy. One of my favorite examples is, because um, someone was showing it, I I show a clip or two in, in, at the beginning of my sessions as part of my opening cinematic talk to demonstrate how things work on camera. And someone, I let people suggest, I let people from the suge- session, session suggest, you know, clips. And someone suggested a clip from Game of Thrones. And we think of game of thrones as action and fighting and it's big and it's a lot of energy and it's it's not that at all if you watch the way the scenes are played on on game of thrones or anything um nothing's everything but for the most part anything um they're talking very matter-of-factly the delivery is very matter-of-fact like they're talking about the weather you know or they're just or they're they're just they're reading a menu i mean really got that but there's so much power behind it and that's how things work on camera. Just look at pretty much any clip from Game of Thrones and you're going to realize it. Actors really need to do this, they need to, they need to start watching film and television differently. I'm astonished that actors wa- love film and television and watch it all the time and they don't pick up on how things actually happen in the film frame, it's like you're crazy. Um, they see everything through the prism of what they're told to do with their actor process. But they really need to watch things and then imagine the dialogue like on a, a script page. See if you can separate what's going on in the frame and then the dialogue, imagine it on a script page and you're gonna realize, oh, if that's on a script page, that's a fight. That's just, a, that's an argument. That's a fight, that's all out. And the way they're playing it is very, they're really underplaying it. They're playing it like an everyday conversation. They're, what they're feeling and thinking is powerful, but they're playing it like an everyday conversation. And yet, if you were to imagine the lines on a script page, an actor would pick that up and go, I'm, ar- I'm arguing, I gotta really go for this. And that's, that's not what they do at all. Sure. And they really need to pay attention to that when they're watching things. Um, I guess that's the magic of the movies. We don't realize that's actually happening for the cameras, TV or whatever. Um, Very interesting.
0: That is very interesting. Um, I've you know, you've pretty much ruined television movies for me, uh, by the way, John, because (laughs) Now when I'm watching something, I, I do, I, I like really, and I'm not even an actor and you know, I'll be like, hey Merrick, look at that. And he'll be like, yeah, and we'll, we'll pick everything apart. And, uh, um, but the thing that I realize is when I'm watching something, the best, the best shows or the best movies are when you don't realize that you're watching a movie sure uh you're not you, there's nothing to say about their acting because they're just people living their lives yeah. and that's usually small you know when you when you do go back and watch it the second time you're like oh there was an argument and i did feel passionate about this but it wasn't this big you know thing or there was um this conflict or this drama but it was it was it was much more subtle and quiet then I heard it in my head when I was just watching it. And I think we say this all the time, you cannot lie to the camera. The camera picks up on all those little macro expressions and all this, the, the small subtleties, the camera's gonna pick up on that. And, and I think that's why this segment that we do once a month is so important because we say it over and over and over and over. We're gonna keep saying it over and over is yes your actor process yes all of those things are very important but they're not going to get you anywhere until you realize that your job of an a- as an actor is to do this in front of a camera and have the camera
1: see it and
0: you know be believable in front of the camera
1: yeah it's true most things on camera are played like everyday conversations
0: yeah
1: Or um, well, the other way i describe it to actors is create like it's the last take you'll ever do and then deliver it like you've done it a thousand times um, and that's kind of true it's kind of true about the game
0: absolutely.
1: absolutely and they really have to get it down because you know it is not true that a director is going to look at their audition and go Oh yes, I can see all of that actor process stuff. I'll cast them anyway and fix it or I'll direct them to do it. That's not going to happen at all. They're they're looking for people who they they're looking for people that they don't have to direct so that they can have a conversation about story, character, all those things, but if you're waiting for a director to come along and make your actor's process work on camera, that is not going to happen.
0: So what you're saying, John, is they're wanting to cast somebody in a role that already knows what they're doing?
1: Yes, I know. It. They want to
0: hire someone that knows how to do the job?
1: I know, it's crazy, I know. <laughs>
0: yeah, um, and, I, and as sarcastic as we can be about that, um, and you know, as, as goofy as we can laugh about that, honestly, actors don't realize that. I mean, a lot of actors don't realize that. That's why they don't take the time to think about how it works besides their process. And, you know, this is how I memorize. This is, this is how I get into character. This is all these things, the, the process of it, but they don't take the time to understand how they look on camera, how they feel on camera, what the, you know, how to actually be on camera. And you know, at that starts at your headshots. You, your headshot should look like you belong on TV. That's step number one. And then you're, you should have some real material that shows that you absolutely belong on TV and you know what you're doing on film. And, you know. and then when you get cast and you go, get, get on set, you should know what you're doing. Of course, the director's there to make the subtle changes and to have those discussions, but his job, the director's job is not to hold your hand and walk you through this
1: yeah i think that's why they will hire people with experience or who are naturals although i think if you know if you really know how to put things together you can make everyone think you're a natural or think you have experience even if you don't i mean i think that's the point that should i think i think that should be the point of training camera training but um they'll pick somebody who you know We'll pick, not gonna, they're not going to take a chance on somebody unless they can really prove that they know what they're doing in the film frame. There's no way.
0: Um, I mean, we're not talking about50 dollars. We're talking about hundreds of thousands of dollars that one actor can screw up if they don't know what they're doing and they're having to do you know a bazillion takes and they're taking you know running the project um, over the deadlines and the time frames and I mean, It's a big decision and and they want to know that when you get to set you can do your job.
1: Yeah, but the good news is, if you know, if you learn how to make your actors process work on camera, you can, you know, everything can change your world can change.
0: So what do you think the number one thing, um, I don't even know if I would say number one, give me one tip for taking your actor's process and making it work on camera, would you say it's, it's practice, like getting on camera and seeing what you look like? Or is there a technique to, what would you say?
1: Um, yes, there are, uh, there are a number of techniques um, that I could give you, but I'm trying to think of all right. Well, here's here's the here. I'll give you the three things I think are most important. Um, if I had to say to actors, okay, you have to do these three things if you want to look like you know what you're doing on camera. And there's much more to the equation, but and this will this will counter this will, uh-huh. this will will contradict whatever they've been um, And then I'll give a, a specific technique. So the three things are. Um, sound like a human conversation and not an actor acting which goes back to what i said before deliver your lines like people just talking about anything and stop trying to act the line you know that's the big thing if you can sound like a, a human conversation and create profoundly but sound like a human conversation conversations about every, about everyday life that is That's the way to be real on camera. If you wanna be real on camera, you have to sound like a human everyday conversation and not an actor acting. And their process sets them up so that they sound like an actor acting, a good actor acting, but it sets them up to do that. That's if you wanna be real, sound like an everyday conversation. If you wanna be believable, create a character who could exist without the material. Mm -hmm. So you, you have to be able to create a character so that if we took away all of your scenes, we could still see the exact same character. You have to create a character who, who is the character before the story begins. And you have to be able to have that character walk around and do nothing or improvise dialogue and still be just as you know recognizable. That's big. That's how to be believable. You want to be real, you have to sound like a human conversation, everyday conversation. you want to be believable, you have to be a character who could exist without any dialogue whatsoever. And if you want to be interesting, You have to bring something to the scene that was not on the page. And again, they're taught, you know, get the scene right, get the scene right, get the scene right. And you have to get the scene right-ish, but more importantly, you have to make it interesting and you have to bring something to the scene that the writer did not put on the page. But they're taught to be so, to get it all right, they never think of bringing something to the page that isn't there. And yet it's what writers and directors and casting directors are screaming for
0: um do you think that that could be not just dialogue but that could be an attitude that could be a roll of an eye that could be
1: well it's something you know, that it's it's something that's all the way through the scene
0: yeah so. like that's but, you bringing you to that character that you know yeah. like you're it could be just the way you th- throw away all the lines and it's just like you know i think uh, or it could be a button, it could be a catchphrase or something, but I think it could just be that that personality that you bring.
1: Yeah, it needs to be something that's all the way through the scene. It's, right. I don't think it that is. Makes that, that's unique to that character. All right, so you and I are having this conversation, right? And if this was on paper and they were auditioning for this conversation, everybody would play it exactly the way we're playing it. Everybody would play it exactly the way we're playing it. And then somebody would come along and say, I'm going to add Innocence. All the way through this, it's not on the page. You know, but then suddenly I'm talking to you and I'm saying it's not on the page. It's it's innocence and it's laid out through the whole scene. I'm feeling it and thinking it and carrying it to that's different. Um, it's interesting. Interesting. Right. My definition of interesting is. The way to interesting is the unexpected. If you create the unexpected, that'll be a quote coming up this week um, on social media. That's one of the ones I'm going to publish this week. I just have to find the right visuals for it. But if you want to be interesting on camera, you create something that's unexpected. And if you're doing the scene the way it's written, I don't care how brilliant you are at it. You're doing what's expected because it's already on the page. And so you're going to be good, but you're not going to be that interesting. You can be really, really great, but not that interesting. And that's what they need to create. I don't know if I don't know if we talked about this when I was on last time, or if I've heard about it since then. But did I mention this talk that I overheard from the casting director on um, Euphoria? I don't think so. Okay. All right. This is good. This is really interesting and good. Good instructive for actors. So I was listening to the casting director uh, of Euphoria, and an actor asked the question, you know, which they always do in these circumstances, how can we get on your show? You know, how can we audition for your show to get on your show and call back? And the casting director, and this is a, this show is tens of millions of dollars per episode. I mean, it's really expensive and it's a big Showtime hit. So they said, how can we audition to get on your show? What do we need to do? And he said, don't fall into the trap. And they said, what, what do you mean by that? And he said, don't play the scene the way it's written. That's the trap. The trap is, here's the scene. and You look at it and you go, it's two people arguing. I better argue. And he was saying that won't get you called back because you're just doing what everyone else is doing. You're just doing the way the scene the way it's written. Anybody can do that. You know, with with good delivery skills, anybody can read an argument like an argument. We need people to come in and bring something to the equation that's not there. Not only is it going to be more interesting and three dimensional, but you're going to be a contributing artist. But on camera it's going to look better and be better because you're not you're not you're not creating just what's on the page. It's interesting on camera if you don't create what's on the page. I thought that was such an interesting conversation that this high powered very successful casting director of a big budget TV show for Showtime said, "Don't fall into the trap That's the, that's the problem. You play the scene the way it's written, you're falling into the trap. Now you have to get, I guess you have to get it right to some degree, but then what else are you doing? Right. What else are you bringing to the table? And it's something that's there the whole time. And I thought that was fascinating. I thought that was really, really fascinating. Good way to put it. Don't fall into the trap.
0: I like that because, um, Casting is, you know, they're calling in maybe 50 people for an audition and probably 40 of those are almost the exact same presentation. You know, they they, they do it the exact same way. It's just different faces doing the exact same things. It's those other 10 that go make, catch their attention And those are the 10 that get the call back. Those are the 10 that get, you know, I'm guessing I'm not a casting director, but from what I've heard and what you're saying, like that makes sense. Like even with headshots, like I'm always telling the actors, like you have to have emotions because otherwise, like, I don't care if you're smiling. So it's another pretty picture. I want to know what you're thinking. Like, I want to be like intrigued by that look. Like, what what are you doing there? What are you thinking about, like, you know? And I think it's, that's, as, as humans, we want that. You know, if, if you're, imagine a casting director watching 50 auditions and 40 of them are exactly the same. Like, like just human
1: nature, we're craving that, like,
0: spark, that spice.
1: Yeah, from what I, what I, from what I understand, that's a very typical conversation among a casting department of a project. know halfway through the day they're having a coffee break and they're all commiserating oh my gosh we see the same thing every time someone comes in good actors great actors doing a great job of acting making the same choices as everybody else and they complain about this idea and so you have to take care of the material make sure the story's right the characters right and all that but then you have to bring something otherwise you're saying you do all the work (laughs) right I'll just show up and do my thing and you do all the work. And nobody wants to hire that. They wanna hire somebody who's going to be a creative artist. Uh, I tell actors, don't think like an actor, think like a filmmaker who is an actor.
0: Exactly. Um, Think about how you can make this project better. Think about what you can bring to the table that's actually a contribution, not just a, Yeah, you should hire me because, like, I can memorize lines, but I I actually have
1: something for you. Well, yeah, and they they actually, they do have something. They think they have something. They're doing exactly what they were told to do. They're doing exactly what they're trained to do. Exactly. And they think, this this is me doing my job. This is me dotting the I's, crossing the T's, getting it right, taking care of the scene. They think that is their job when it comes to camera. And it's only partially their job. It's not the way they should think. But I mean, I really think they're in there really trying to get this right. And that's the problem, right? Isn't interesting, you know? Um, So I feel badly for them because they're they're sort of told, this is what you do. And they're like, this is what I'm doing. And everybody's saying, stop doing that. (laughs) So it's kind of too bad, but it's it's not that big of a, it's not that big of an adjustment if they can just sort of understand how the camera thinks, get on board with it, start to explore, and and everything can change. Everything can change for them.
0: Acknowledging that there needs to be an adjustment and and being willing to think outside the box and take that instruction and make that adjustment, I think is the biggest, um, you know, the, the actors that are willing to to be true to their art and at the same time, adapt to every environment.
1: Adapt to the camera, their environment. They they weren't taught to create the way the camera thinks. They weren't. And they keep being told a director will do that. Um, Or if you connect to the material, it'll do that. And that's just not true. Um, And I do know, you know, from all the directors I talk to and the stories I hear, directors don't wanna be the ones with ideas. They, they will have ideas and they when they have ideas, they want you to do what they say. But they really need other people to come in with ideas. They need the cinematographer to come in with ideas. They need the sound recorders to come in with ideas. They need the production people to come with ideas. They need the actors to come up with ideas. And you playing the scene exactly the way it's written is not you coming up with an idea. Because we can read that. So it's not just actors. It's, your, it's everybody's job to bring ideas to the director so that she or he can then, you know, put it together with their vision. But that is the job is to bring ideas to the table that nobody else thought of. That's the job for everybody.
0: Like in any creative environment, the more ideas there are, the more ideas there are. In other words, like if I come with my idea, it's gonna give you an another idea and your idea is gonna give me another idea. Like, like ideas multiply when you give them when you give them a, a, a place to be so if you come in with your idea the director has his idea you know all, all these ideas are just giving each other more ideas and that's that's a fun environment to work with right like that's a project you want to be involved in because everybody is is doing their job and bringing more to the table and and it's nice. exciting everybody's almost without it being said, pushing, pushing the other people to, to expand and, uh, and have.
1: And the and the director is thinking, I don't want to come up with all the ideas. Because that's-, that's,
0: that makes it work then, then it's not a creative environment, then it's work.
1: Right, it's like, I've oh, I've got to deal with the DP, I've got to deal with this, I've got to deal with that. And you want me to come up with all the ideas? You're crazy. Um, a good piece of directing advice that I give to directors that I try to sort of show how to, how to make performances work on camera is when somebody comes to you and says, What do you want? What do you want? What do you want? What do you want? Um, your, your answer is, I want options. You go off and give me options and come to me and give me options, and I'll make decisions. And the director may not take your ideas and say, This is what you know, she, or he may, she or he may not go along with your idea, but you need to bring ideas. exactly and I don't think I don't think actors think that way I think they're very religious as they were taught to do so they're doing the job religious about playing the scene the way it was written and that's 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 a problem
0: I think as usual John you have like expanded my mind tonight this is this is really good um and I think that's I think that last thing that you said is probably something that people should live their life by. Like options. Let me give you some options. Let me be the answer to your problem. Let me. You may not like my idea, but my idea might spark another idea in you. So I'm just going to give you an option and see where that option leads us. And I think that's uh, that's key to the the whole process. Yeah, I like I, that. You know, and I tell
1: I like. actors. Um, You doing the scene the way it's written is not an idea. That was the writer's idea. (laughs) You're just doing a good job of delivering the writer's idea. That's not you coming up with an idea. Um, And, you know, the great news is once they sort of understand how to adapt their work to the camera, all of that wonderful process they were taught is just gonna come flooding into play and it's gonna be great and make them look wonderful and it's gonna be, you know, just great on camera. I mean, their, their actors' process is actually starving for them to, can't believe I'm about to say this, starving to get them to bring, you know, feed them with the camera or whatever. Um, their process is starving for them to, you know, bring the camera to the equation. And when they do, boom, everything is magical.
0: Right, I think, um somebody said oh yeah that's the segment where you guys don't like the actor's process it's not that we've ever said that the actor's process is bad or wrong we're just saying that that's not the only thing actors need to do you need to combine that and and then when it all fits together it's stronger it's it it makes sense it all works together like that it's your actor's process is 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 starving for that it wants that
1: this is very interesting because i I get this all the time. And I'm not surprised to hear you say a viewer said this about the two of us. Um, Just because we're not, I trust the actors process more than they do because I know that it's going to work fine even when they adjust to the camera. That by making that leap, they're not gonna lose anything. It's their actor process, it's wonderful. It's magical. It's the reason they can make that leap. It's not going to let them down. I trust that it's gonna work on camera more than they do. If they trusted it was gonna work on camera, they wouldn't feel the need to put all of it on the table. Um, So what's interesting to the camera is what's under the table. But I get this all the time. People are like, well, actually I get, what I get most of the time is, wow, that's really interesting. I had never thought of that. Thank you for that, thank you for that. That's what I actually get most of the time. But every once in a while, I get somebody who's like, you just, you don't like the actor's process. And it's absolutely not true. I spend my life trying to get, show people how to take the actor's process and make it work on camera. I I love the actor's process. Um, I've studied it, I understand it certainly. And you know, it's my, it's one of my life's missions to show actors how to take this wonderful thing they have and make it work on camera. Um, so I think, I think that's, I think that's, I get that, I get that once in a while from someone. It's like, you don't like the actor's process. And all we're trying to do is help actors. That's really all we're trying to do. Um, so it's very, very interesting to me.
0: Exactly. Yeah. i I think this segment is just really, um, trying to expand the actor's mind and let them know that they actually have the power to use their actors' process and make it work with the camera. Um and I think I think we're doing a really good job. I love that we've been doing this show, and I think that um I think that it's useful. I think that it's um really powerful stuff, and i i I so appreciate your time doing this every month. Um, i I always have fun chatting with you.
1: Yeah, I mean, and if we you know if we if that's all we were gonna do is put down the actors process, why show up? Why do this? You know, we're here, you know. But I think what we're communicating is really, really valuable for the actors' process. Um, just because it contradicts what they may have been told doesn't mean it's not—it's not valuable. It absolutely contradicts what they've been told, but at the same time, it works beautifully with what they've been told. Um, so. it,
0: it's kind of like um, because my whole world is headshots, so everything I compare in my brain is headshots. It's like. You want a good headshot, you should look like you're somewhere and nowhere at the same time. This is kind of what we do in acting. We say, you should do this and never do (laughs) it. Everything is contradictory. Like everything in this business is a contradiction. Um, But yet when you put it all together, all these contradictions actually make sense and work together beautifully. Isn't that
1: crazy? Um, I was showing a clip like i said i'd like to show a clip or two at the beginning of my sessions and i was showing a clip from ray donovan um which if, you, if anyone doesn't know that's that's leon schreiber and he won an emmy for it it's been running for seven seasons or maybe more and he's he plays uh, he plays a very emotionally dysfunctional enforcer and i was showing a clip this week it's a i, I won't give a spoiler alert but it's a um It's a really a critical scene for his character. And Liev Schreiber is somebody who, he's complete devotee of the actor's process. He's a method actor if there ever was one. He loves it. He loves it. He loves it. He loves it. it. Because I know someone who, who worked on a show that he did, and yet, he also understands exactly how the camera works. And he doesn't abandon one over the other. He just knows that on camera, that's the medium. You know, that's the aesthetic medium and that you have to take whatever you're doing and adjust it to the camera. So I think he's a really good example if anyone knows that show. Um, He's very big, he's like a method actor, like religiously so, but he has adapted everything to camera. I think it's really interesting. And I just thought of that because we are showing it today.
0: That's cool. That's cool. Well, John, I think uh, I think we did a a good show today. I think we've uh, we we should feel very proud of ourselves. You gave a lot of really great stuff, and uh, and I sat here and agreed with you. So I think that's what we do, right?
1: <laughs> no, we have to go back and forth. We go back and forth. But
0: uh, yeah, that's that's I really uh, I really enjoyed that. Um, so. Um, just to remind everyone, John never plugs his himself on here, but I just want to let you know that John does teach classes and you can contact him. All of his information is in the description below. Obviously you can follow him on social media. Every single day he puts out a quote that will make you think, may make you roll your eyes. It may make you even irritated with him, but if you chew on it for a while, it will um because there's been there's been things john that you have put up and i'm like what is he talking about like i love this guy but what the heck and then by the end of the day i will have like chewed on it said it out loud asked merrick about it discussed it and by the end of the day i'm like you know he's right (laughs)
1: um well uh i get that from people they'll say i i love what you i love your work i love what you write and um I don't necessarily understand it but I love what you write um, I actually was on are you, you're still doing clubhouse right doing I clubhouse? do I do clubhouse at least twice a week okay I've been off so I'm coming back into your room good and good last time the last time I was in your room there was a, a two casting directors and agent they were part of the conversation you have all, you always have great people in your in your clubhouse uh, rooms um, so you sort of brought me into the conversation we were talking and I just started talking and somebody responded was wanted to respond to what I said, and it was a casting director. And he said, uh, hi, John, and um, I, I just wanna let you know, I, you know, before he said what he was gonna say, he said, I really love your work on social media. And I was thinking, I don't know who this person is. And then somebody, another casting director followed up and was like, I really love your work on social media. And then an agent said the same thing. And I was so flattered you know, to hear it there and, 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 and good to hear because it it's reinforcing, but, um, I get a lot of people who like it, and I don't e- they don't even have tell me they like it. But I get, I get people who will say, I love it. I just didn't understand it. <laughs> or they'll come to me like a day or two later and say, I get it now which, I is what, now, which is what I really want, I mean, among other things. I want it to be thought-provoking. I want people to have to think. And I don't think I make it vague so that they don't understand it. I think I make it ambiguous so that they try to understand it.
0: Um, well, I think because a lot of, if you just tell people something, then it's, oh yeah, yeah, I know, I've heard that before. But if you tell something, you have a knack or a gift or a talent of, I wouldn't say like pushing a button, but, but throwing something out there to the point where You didn't tell me what to think. Like I got to digest it myself. I got to taste all the different flavors and I got to work through it and I got to think about it. And then I get to come to the conclusion all on my own but I didn't, you literally told me it just took me a whole day or two days of thinking about it to come to it. But I think that's uh, where the power is because if, if you just tell me, Hey Peggy, did you know blah, blah, blah? I'll be like, yeah, and walk off. But if you tell me something and I'm like, what is he talking about? And then I have to think about it. And then I have to come to the conclusion myself. That's gonna be with me forever.
1: Well, yeah, that's my. And, well, that's, really, that's really good to hear. That's my definition of art. It's, it, are, you, are you making us reach for something or are you just handing it to us? Um,
0: and, I think- and I've said this before. And I think that's why, like, I like theater. I like live theater. I miss live theater, but what I miss the most are live readings theater readings I would rather go to a good theater reading than a whole presentation any day because I like to be able to put the pictures in my own head um versus having the whole set designed and everything but I think that's the same thing like you don't have to feed it to me just give me the plate I'll figure out how to cut it up I'll I'll eat it I'll, I'll figure it out and, and that's what you do. You have a gift of throwing out things and um, letting people pick at it and tear it apart and rebuild it and, and come to that conclusion. And, and, and it inspires me. That's, you know, I'm, I, I love that about you. It's, it's very inspiring.
1: Yeah, so. thank, you. thank you. I get that from, I hear from a lot of writers, not only screenwriters, but authors. I hear from CEOs lawyers, people who run their own business, fashion designers, and they'll say, I'm not an actor, but your stuff speaks to me. I really learn a lot from you and I apply to my own work. And that to me is huge. I love that. Yeah. That means a lot to me. Absolutely. In addition to working with the actors.
0: So I said all that to say, follow John. If you're not following him yet, come on guys, where are you been? Um, he's all over social media. He's even on Clubhouse, um, and you heard it here. He's going to start hanging out with me on my rooms, so start looking for him, and and, uh, and he'll he'll have his own rooms too, I'm sure. But yes, but I he'll
1: know, I will, and come and by hang be, out hang out in my on camera experience, and I'll I'll sh- I'll work with you on some of these things we're talking about.
0: Absolutely, and make sure you pull me into your rooms when you're when you're on Clubhouse as well. I. I have had to turn off the notifications because I literally I had to set boundaries for myself because you can get on Clubhouse and be there for 2 hours and not even blink an eye so mm-hmm. I have had to set myself boundaries so I tell all the people that I really you know I either set schedules so my alarm goes off or I say text me and I'll you know if I'm not busy I'll jump in but but please know that I I'm absolutely interested in in hanging out with you there as well so I Appreciate your time here, John. Um, is there any last thoughts you wanna leave us with or did, did we cover it? I think we, we did pretty good.
1: I covered it, although I think everybody should visit your Clubhouse room. I think your room is filled with great people. Great people.
0: Well, what a lot of people may not know is um, thanks to Clubhouse and probably thanks to the pandemic and me being on Zoom, more than I would like to admit over the last year. I've actually found myself consulting a lot of people on headshots and what make an effective headshot. And that's, you know, my room on Clubhouse, we talk about that, we talk about other things, but one of the things we talk about a lot is what makes your headshot effective. Um, I actually have designed a whole program Called the headshot strategist. Um, So shamelessly, I'm plugging myself on my own show. But uh, that's what we talk about a lot in Clubhouse is headshot strategies. Your headshot should be the biggest part of your marketing strategy. It's your first, you know, your first impression. So yeah, come hang out with us. John will be there and I'll be there. But most importantly, leave us tons of comments on this video. Share it with everyone you know. Have an amazing week and I'll see you next week. And John will be back next month. Thanks guys. Hey, text or call today so that we can get you effective headshots that you can use as part of your marketing strategy. Headshots by Peggy. How can I help you? All right, here we go. Hi, I'm Peggy with Headshots by Peggy presents Hold on. Headshots by Peggy. Welcome to Headshots by Peggy Presents. Camera tips for actors. I'm going to get it right.